This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Sarah. And on today's journey, we talk with Hippie and the Tech. Yeah, they are living in their RV full-time with two kids and a dog and a cat. And I was super inspired. I got connected to them on Instagram this summer while we were out on our summer road trip. A lot of the time, Andy and I were conversing, like, could we live in our car full-time? And it was just cool to see that they are doing it, living in their vehicle full-time. They have a bigger vehicle, though. They actually have an RV. They're living in a little bit more comfort, I guess, than we were in a smaller Subaru. Um, Yeah, they didn't need to move their kitchen out of their car every time they cooked. (laughs) Yeah, but I have dreams of making ours into um, a little bit more of a comfortable space for the next road trip. Yeah, and it was just really cool to see how they they did live in a house and they decided to give it all up and decrease their living space by a lot. And they homeschool their kids and go from parking lots to RV parks to families' homes. And that's one thing that was really cool about this episode too is how it's kind of that nomadic lifestyle and brought brought us really back to what we were doing this summer and just going and visiting all of these different places and it's it was great for us to interview these people that are doing this full time it kind of inspired us to think more about just what we're doing and maybe maybe going on another road trip of our own yeah, and I gotta say that their YouTube channel is really awesome and gives a ton of tips. They're super passionate about helping families live this lifestyle. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your wanderlust while you listen to Hippie and the Tech. So we are here with Mel and Tony, and together they are Hippie and the Tech. Thank you for being on today, you guys. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Super excited to have you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I found you guys on social media. Your your name itself is fairly catchy, Hippie and the Tech. What's uh, the story behind that? Actually, Mel came up with the name because I was not creative at all it was i was no. coming up with like classy living and all these other just really well, they weren't bad they, they just weren't great and mel's like well you know you're an audio tech and i'm kind of a hippie and and she just threw that out at me and my jaw hit the ground i'm like yes that's amazing it's just it kind of just explains more of who we are versus what we do and it just kind of flows better with you know, everything yeah. that we do in our life and not just about the travel, but necessarily just, you know, it's a conversation starter. People are like, all right, who's the hippie and who's the tech? And we're like, oh, we you figure it out. You know what I mean? So it kind of makes it fun for people when we meet them. And mm-hmm. it also plays along with our personalities. because We are so 
opposite. Polar opposite, yeah. You know, I'm the outgoing. I want. I got to be around people. Mel's like, yeah, people. No, I love <laughs> people. That's not it. See, this is, this is exactly the oil and water. It's yeah. just she's healthy. I'm not. <laughs> Except for right now, mine's all janky and messed up. But yeah, <laughs> it's hard to be healthy around the holidays. <laughs> Uh, yeah, especially when it's snowing outside. You're like, what? Your body's not used to it when you've been hiding out in the desert for so long. It's, like, it's like it's snowing. What can we eat? Right. <laughs> yeah, you go into hibernation mode in the snow, definitely. Yeah. But, yeah, that's us. Hippie, and I'm the tech. She's the hippie. So you have it. I mean, I know a lot of people who follow you probably already know this, that you guys had like, you know, your typical American dream. You guys had the house, you were working, you had your, yeah, the typical American family living in a home. So what led you guys to basically give everything up and live in your RV? Well, I was gone three weeks a month and it was getting so bad that if I was home in I started walking towards the door. The kids would start panicking, thinking that, oh, daddy's leaving again. And it was ju it just wasn't cool. It, it wasn't it wasn't cool at all. And so Mel started looking at um, all these travelers on Instagram and people that had kind of taken their life and, and flipped everything around, Moving you know, to the road. and started living on the road. And she brought that um, to my attention when I came home one day and. I mean, it was it was so bad to where I'd be gone for a week. And then as I was landing in Cleveland, I'd get a notification that I'd have to leave the next day. Yeah. So I wouldn't even come home. I'd just spend the night at a hotel and then fly out the next day. And well, and so you were like going to all these awesome places and sending me these pictures. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I wish I could be there. You know what I mean? It was just like. I want to see what you're seeing. It, it, yeah, it was a why are we doing this? Where it was we're a, so separated, <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like it was a catch twenty two. Yeah, because I wanted to send her pictures, but I knew if I did, I'd be it'd be like, you're not working, you're having fun, <laughs> and you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm in Australia, I'm I'm at this really nice place, and um, so yeah, it just it got to be where we were living two separate lives. She was overwhelmed at home, having to take care of everything. I was, I was basically living the way I like to live, which is I love being nomadic. I love traveling. I love getting out and seeing new sites, and not staying in the same place for very long. And you know, so we kind of just decided that we would both do that, and it was really conducive to my job because I had to be all these, you know, I had to leave and be everywhere and. And she would just come with us, you know, and the company paid for our gas and paid for any campsites and stuff. And, you know, that worked great until I got laid off. And that was pretty recently, right? Uh, four months now, four or okay. five months. I've been uh, happily unemployed. And now I just I just do my own thing. Now I'm a I'm a independent audio engineer and I go around tuning uh, systems, audio systems. So it's been great. Okay. And so when you guys still did have the house, Mel, at that time, were you just a stay-at-home mom or were you working too? No, I, I was a stay-at-home mom um, and I was a photographer. Um, and now I'm a homeschooling mom and a photographer. Um, but it, I knew that uh, 
you know, going on the road, I knew there was going to be so much more added to my plate. Like, you know, obviously one of us is going to have to school the kids. And so it was uh, definitely something that was challenging to accept at first. It was very scary, but, um, you know, it, I think it all kind of just, it's, it's great now. I mean, we kind of have control over every aspect of our lives. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is really cool. And before, before you guys started homeschooling the girls, were, did they ever go to a public school? They did. They were uh, both in public school. One was in preschool and then one was in first grade. Uh, that's as far as they both went in the, uh, you know, school system. And I wasn't even happy then, like with them being, you know, in public school. And I really wanted to branch out. It's a lot easier now to do that than uh, it would have been even just a few years ago. There's so many more resources now. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for me, I wanted to homeschool them regardless. So us getting on the road was um, definitely sort of a kick in the pants to actually, you know, take that step forward and homeschool them and, you know, give them something that I feel is better. And that um, there's, there's so, it's very easy to do now. Um, it's a lot easier, um, you know, to do than it was even just a few years ago. There's, there's a lot of help out there with homeschooling. So now one thing that Mel said a while ago that really resonated with me and, and my father, we, we did, this was covering one of our YouTube videos about how to tell your parents that you're going full-time on the road was when you have your kids and you take them to class, basically you are deciding who their friends are going to be that year. They don't get to choose. Now, on the in the road life, we're traveling around, we're meeting new kids and everything. They can pick and choose who they want to hang out with. It's not like they have to sit in a certain class with a certain you know group of people. And that's given them this sense of independence and it's confidence. In, in confidence as, as well. So, I mean, if, if our daughter, if, <laughs> if Chloe doesn't want to hang out with somebody, she's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good, you know? Yeah. Which is pretty neat because I think there's this really big misconception around homeschooling that a lot of the times the kids don't really have a social life and they don't really gain personality. But what I'm hearing from you guys is the total opposite. It is the complete opposite. It's a, yeah. it's a big stigma. Um, I don't even know how it happened. It's a weird stigma that I would love to find out how it started. <laughs> I'd be like, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's quite the opposite with almost every single homeschooling kid that I've ever met is so much themselves and not a product of something else. You know what I mean? They're very much confident in who they are. They're very much know what they do and don't like. Um, they know the kind of people that they want to hang out with. They're just really well-rounded people, little people. And you're just like, this is cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, community is kind of at the heart of the nomadic movement. And with that, you're constantly meeting new people. And it's not like, like I, 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 you live at a home right now. Yeah. So, I mean, how well do you really know your neighbors? Do you go see them, you know, every day? And, and the difference is, is when you pull into an even an RV park, typically you step outside and everybody's waving and you meet your neighbors. And, or even when you're boondocking. And, and even more when when you're boondocking you're in, or you're out at an event or a meetup 
it's just all about meeting people and you have this bond of you know this nomadic life bond and it's 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 just 180 degrees different than being in a sticks and bricks yeah which is pretty cool because like yeah by no means do we go up and chat with every single one and i think that's a really special thing that you guys have about this life that you're living like you kind of create a community everywhere you go so is there any like big misconceptions about the RV life that you think are out there that you guys are trying to prove differently to people? Well, she does have a hat that says trailer trash. Which is, <laughs> you know, when we went, when we go to BLM land, we'll go out with trash bags and we'll clean up and we'll yeah. bring the trash back to the BLM headquarters and let them know. Um, I, I think there's a stigma that we're a bunch of hill jacks that live in the trailer park you know it's it's really not that you know the majority of our viewers are you know retirees or young families that are looking to trade things for experiences and that's really what we're all about is you know how how can we die with the most experiences um so I, i think it's just a different mindset but from the outside looking in you know we're living in trailers (laughs) <laughs> RVs, yeah, vans, vans, school and stuff. buses. It's you know what yeah. I mean. I think the travel lifestyle isn't for everybody, but for those who it is, it makes complete and utter sense. You know what I mean? It's like why, why wouldn't I do this? But for somebody look from the outside looking in, I can see how they would be like, well, they're just they just don't want to be responsible and own a home. Well, from what I see you guys doing, I mean, you do all these fix up videos and stuff. So, I mean, you're probably doing more maintenance on your RV than people do in their homes. I mean, I can't even imagine the maintenance you have to do. There's people spending more on the road than living at a home. I mean, so that that's that's one misconception is. I'm going to save a ton of money living in an RV. You do so save some, there's, though. There's two ways of doing it. You can go out and buy yourself an older RV uh, for, you know, $10,000, $20,000, pay it off cash, and, you know, be handy with it, and, and boondock. If you do that, you can save a ton of money. Uh, or on the other side, you can go finance a truck, finance a fifth wheel or a travel trailer, or go out and buy a really nice you know, diesel class A, it's going to cost you more than it is to just pay rent at a, at, you know, at some place or, or buy a house even. So that's one misconception is just living this lifestyle. You're going to save a ton of money. You actually have to go into it planning that this is going to be my goal. Um, and it takes a lot, you know, cause if you're going to buy something older, you have to be aware of the 10 year park rule which is if your RV is older than 10 years, most RV parks won't accept you. You have to either submit a picture and get approved to stay at those RV parks. What's the reason for that? Well, the reason in most RV parks, yeah, it's, this is, it's a big deal. Um, Most RV parks will, um, they want to make sure that your RV isn't going to, how do you say this without being mean? isn't going to look like a big pile of crap. We don't want cousin Eddie parking next to us, basically, you know, coming out crappers full. Right. Um, so what they do is, you know, most parks have got a 10 year, uh, rule cap. 
like most RV parks, if you have a form that you fill out, it'll ask you how old your rig is and stuff. And it, it's it's a good rule, um, but it really uh, it really limits a lot of people because there's a lot of really yeah. good older RVs out there that look great or they're restored. You know, what were those ones, those GMCs that were from the 70s that I were like, oh, we want, you know, they were so cool looking. But, you know you'd have to submit a picture to a lot of, a lot of parks. Yeah. So. Wow. That's crazy. I like never even thought like the things that <laughs> we don't think of when we're not living this lifestyle. Wow. How about your girls? How has it benefited your, your girls? They're more well-rounded kids. I think that they obviously have experienced more than some people have experienced in, you know, their entire lives and they get to explore more and, they have a much larger appreciation for nature and, you know, the environment and, you know, even just meeting new people. They, they become very fortunate when they get to, with everybody that they meet and they remember people, um, even people that they would bring somebody up and I'm like, wait, who is that again? You know what I mean? And they just, they, they're much more outgoing and they're much more um level-headed level-headed yeah that's the word yeah they I, I um, right there. yeah I, I don't think it's something that they i don't think they are the kids that they are now that they could have been if we were still just doing you know our routine two years ago yeah. i mean it's nuts how smart they are you know I, I it's it's amazing because the amount of effort that mel puts into teaching them it's it's one on one every day and it's it's all day one on one. So they they wouldn't get that kind of um, attention at a regular school, which there's nothing wrong with regular school. It's just this, right. This yeah, is let's different. disclaimer that there's nothing wrong yeah. with public school. And if you do that, awesome. But, but, you know, a lot of public schools, they can't they don't have a student to teacher ratio to where it's one on one all day long. It's just that's just the nature of it. And that's. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm a teacher and yeah, we have 20 kids in a classroom. <laughs> yeah. It's very overcrowded in public schools, no doubt. <laughs> so you can imagine if you had one kid or two kids that all you did was work with those two kids all day long, you're going to have a different result because nobody's going to get left behind. All the questions are going to get heard and answered. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you guys are like kind of planning your lessons, Mel, do you kind of let the girls guide what they want to learn. When I notice that there's something that will that really sparks their interest, we actually will stop what we're doing and I will create an entire curriculum about that and we literally will just quit all the other stuff that we're doing and we'll focus on that thing um whether it's like horses or the Titanic or something like that they really get interested in. I will create a whole outline of like language arts and, and incorporate math and sciences into it. And we'll, you know, it's called unit studies. And then they become, they pick it up and it's like, not only are they learning about this one thing that they wanted to, you know, that really sparked their interest, but we're building everything else around it that, you know, their fundamentals that they need and incorporating it into this so they retain it more and it makes it a lot more fun for them it makes it fun for me because we 
you know, aren't consistently just doing our curriculum and just getting it done. It's like taking breaks to do different, um, you know, these like interests really keeps the spark of it going. Yeah, I love that. Because I think um, in school, I mean, and just in life, people just caught up, get very caught up in the motions, going through the motions of everyday things. And obviously, you guys experienced that. I think earlier, you said it's crazy that just two years ago, if we would have continued the motions of our everyday life, where the girls would be at. And so, yeah. so you guys have only been living this lifestyle for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. We feel like it's been a decade at least. Like, it just feels like we have seen so much and we'll forget about a place and we're like, oh yeah, that was really cool. Like, it happens a lot more than I thought it would. There was a commercial on TV that was showing all these amazing places in the U.S. And it was crazy. Oh, been there, been there, been there. Yeah, we've been to all of them. Yeah. It was crazy, you know, and... You know, we did 30,000 miles last year, and we went from the East Coast to the West Coast, back to the East Coast to the West Coast, and, and all over, zigzag. Um, I think there was only, what, six states we didn't go to. Do you guys have dogs, too? We have a dog, yeah. And how does, so the dog lives full-time in the RV with you as well? Yeah, yeah, we have a dog and a cat. The kids just got back with Grandma. I'm sorry. I No problem. We had Amazon packages come, so <laughs> they were blocked. Yeah, that's got to be hard, too, like organizing your mail. Do you guys do, like, the little mailboxes certain places, like Amazon mailboxes or whatever? lockers before. The lockers are a godsend, but it's hard to find them all the time. But when we get to, like, a friend's house or a relative's house, it's, like, Christmas. Like, <laughs> with whatever we needed from Amazon, we're like, oh! you know yeah everything that we needed the regular mail we have uh through red life project that organization we put together um there's this uh there's mail forwarding and stuff that you have access to and that's something that you really don't think about until you get on the road it's like wait a second what am i going to do with mail and um so that's uh one of the the topics we we tackled Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with your road life project, um, is that kind of just a community you guys built around the RV life? Well, it's it's a community, but it's it's a little more than that. It's Resources. basically, yeah, everything that we had to learn the, the hard, hard way, way um, we're trying to lay out. So if you wanted to get into the RV lifestyle, uh, the road life project is just that. It's it's you know it's navigating people through the hardest parts of the road life. And that's, you know, finding health insurance that crosses state lines. It's finding a car and RV insurance that does full replacement. And they're not going to drop you when they find out that you're living in your RV full time, which happened to us. Um, We had, you know, regular car insurance. We told them we got an RV. They're like, great. And then when they found out we were living in it, they dropped us instantly. And, um, so mail these, forwarding, yeah, like we said. Yeah, mail forwarding. We have uh, this program called Digital Pen Pal, which allows our kids to interact with other road life kids online through um, basically Skype calls, and we have events. And there's just, there's just, you know, everything that you would want to have while you're on on the road. We've we've tried to put a program in place for it. 
I love that. That sounds like super positive and just what every family needs when they're out there. So if people want to be a part of that, is that just kind of like a Facebook group or what does that look like? Well, we have a Facebook group called Full-Time RV Family Life. There's about 11,500 people in that group. Uh, Roadlifeproject.com is where you would go uh, to sign up. It, it's, um, it's just like any other um, full-time RV group. Um, there's a one-time fee, and that gives you access to all the all the different programs. And you also have access to the events that we do, which we're putting on events that are family-centric. We just did our fall festival in Athens, Texas in October, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, and the, and the majority of our events are going to be, um, you know, family-oriented meetups. And so, and when you guys do that, are you usually, like, collaborating with, um, like, RV parks to host those? We do RV parks, uh, events at RV parks. Uh, we work with our village uh, to help, you know, do their family camps. And we also are planning some, you know, smaller meetups and some boondock boot camping where uh, we will go out to, a, you know, a location of BLM lands and, and we'll all just boondock together and share secrets. Such a cool community. And um, it sounds like you have a lot of free time when you're on the road, but how about working on the road? Like, do you work a certain amount of weeks and then go have time off or how's that look? Um, well, because I'm flexible, it's yeah, I'm very flexible because basically I'm I'm a freelance audio engineer now and I'm doing some install work and it's it's mostly all churches, you know, so I work with uh, churches that are doing new, uh, you know, new new facilities and um, or I go in and I tune their their systems to sound better. And so it's, uh, you know, it's feast or famine sometimes, but I'm always out there, you know, shaking the trees, trying to find more work. And uh, when I find it, great. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think we've been very fortunate uh, to to be able to stay afloat. And, um, you know, whenever I don't have to work, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because before you were laid off from your other job, with your other job, was it pretty rigid schedule it was pretty scheduled yeah yeah I was working nine to five on my computer when I was in the RV Uh, we couldn't really travel um, during those work days unless I was traveling to an event or to my next destination Um, you know because I was I was in sales I was trying to sell audio equipment and it was uh, it was a it was a little restrictive but we still did 30,000 miles um and saw a lot of amazing sights. Um, I've got that video about me getting laid off on, on our YouTube and, you know, it kind of explained it, you know, it was, it was a great job. It took a lot of my time and it created hippie in the tech because of it. And um, so we're very thankful for the opportunity and the experience. And now we're just on our next chapter. Yeah. And it sounds like it's definitely going really well for you. I mean, that's pretty amazing. All the places you guys have been. Is there a a favorite place you guys have traveled to? This question is always so tough. (laughs) Um, And we've always answered it with like five or six different places. (laughs) Do we have an absolute favorite? No. Um, There's, is there ties? Yes. Um, I'm very much a Northwestern fan, like Washington, Oregon, 
Idaho, Wyoming, like that area, Montana. Those are my favorites. Um, I really, really like those. I liked Custer a so lot. So South Dakota. Yeah, I love that. I love that area. Because yeah. you could go to, you know, Crazy Horse. You, you Memorial. Know, you can go out to uh, uh, Needles. You can, there's so Rushmore, many things right there. Yeah. And the weather the was perfect. Yeah, but, Custer's awesome. Oh, what about Yellowstone? That's why, like, Wyoming. Yeah, That's like, that was, yeah. that was probably my favorite place, Yellowstone. Oh, wow. We actually agreed on that. Wow. Okay. That's rare. The, the, <laughs> yeah. But Jackson Hole was kind of neat. But the Jackson Hole is really a one-day city. I love Jackson Hole, really though. Cool. But there's a lot of stuff to do outside of just See, that little city. See, this is a loaded question. You, you can't, <laughs> what's your favorite place? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of them in there. Most of the flyover states you really should check out. There's a lot more to them. Right. So everybody's been to Graceland, right? That's it's it's a place you go to. But have you been to Elvis's birthplace? You know, which is this tiny little house in the where was it, Mississippi? Tupelo. Or as our friends call it, Tupelo. But it's like you can you can experience all these little tiny places, you know, too. It's not like you're you're saving up money to go get your one or two week vacation once a year to go cosmos. to some great place. You can go check out all these little places as well. Yeah, like Cosmos. That was nuts. A really weird area. Is that a little <laughs> town? No, it's a it's a little science place in the It's um, like a tourist trap, but it's in is it in South Dakota? It's in South Dakota, yeah. And it's like a weird gravitational pull off the side of a mountain and it's you walk in and everything's tilted. It's like a total like It's like a Ripley's blown type thing. Yeah, but it's really neat. So, like, the little roadside attractions are always super fun. Roswell, yeah. I love Roswell. We've been to Earth, New Mexico. We've been to Pie Town yeah. and stopped and had pie <laughs> in Pie Town, New Mexico. Yeah, I think it's when you find those off-the-beaten places that usually are free free to visit. We found that a lot this summer, too. Like, finding the free spots is kind of where it's at. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Cadillac Ranch was one that Mel's always wanted to do, and we surprised her one day and uh, brought her there in uh, Amarillo, Texas. Yeah, that was fun. And, uh, you know, that's off the beaten path, and it's free. And so is Texas the last place you guys were staying? Or no, you guys were in Arizona. We were, yeah, we were in Arizona for quite a, for about a we month and a half. We were in Texas, so for the install. Yeah, oh, that's right. Um, in a little town called Bandera that I like fell in love with. It mm -hmm. was just a cute cowboy town and it was like nothing but cowboys. Like it was just, it was crazy, but that's not really like, that's just them being them. And evidently she has a thing for cowboys. No, I don't have a thing for cowboys. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, it was just neat. It's uh, the town for the cowboys. And, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was just, it was a really cool town and everybody was super friendly. And um, it like all the buildings were very like Western themed. And I don't know, it was like their norm and it was just super cool. Yeah. But we've, um, you know, when we left Texas, it took us, what, three days? To get up here. To get here. And so, yeah. you know, we, we'll we'll stop at um, rest stops and Walmart parking lots. And Bellas, Bellas REIs. And, yep. And uh, 
cracker barrels and you know spend the night so we rarely do we you know to go from point a to point b we won't really pull into an rv park we'll just we'll just stop when we're tired yeah when was the last time we were even at an rv park uh, oh we stopped at athens rv our uh, texan yes. rv park in Same. athens yeah. but we we, <laughs> we slept in the parking lot because we were just there to pick yeah them up that's true you haven't actually like stayed at an RV park for quite some time, is what it, I'm hearing. It's been it's, been a, it's been a long time, yeah. I can't. It was before. And like, well, I don't. Do you count Phoenix, even though that was somebody's backyard? <laughs> <laughs> that was somebody's there backyard. was a hook up there though, but barely. Um, um, yeah, it's been a while. Well, honestly, we're we're what we're doing right now. We're called it's called mooch docking. We're at our in-laws' house. Well, at my mom's at, house. Her mom's house, mom and dad's house. Mom and dad, yep. And so we've just got you know we got a 50 amp plug, but that's dog bone down to a 30, which is dog bone down to a 15 amp. So it's just basically a three prong Edison plug that is plugged into the wall, and that just keeps our batteries you know charged. And um, you know during the day where we have you know, some solar coming in to make up for whatever, you know, that's not covering and spending time with family. Spending time with family, yeah. Yep. And then we're gonna leave here and then we're gonna go do the same thing at my parents' house. Yeah, we're going to Florida to do the same thing. Just a little warmer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No snow down there. No, definitely not. <laughs> so when you're finding all these places, um, are you usually just using freecampsites.net or are there other good resources that you're willing to share with people? <laughs> well, yeah, of course we're willing to share. All Stays is my favorite app. Um, it's $9.99, but that's it. There's no like monthly fees. You just pay that one-time fee. Um, and you get to filter out not only campsites, but you get to find BLM places. You get to you can narrow it down to find just like dump stations for your tanks, uh, propane, um, Walmart, overnight WalMarts or Cabela's or Cracker Barrels or REIs. Like it, you know, you can filter it out and just find specific things that you want to find. Uh, low clearance bridges. Um, yep. Everything. It's got. It's a really really cool app that I really love and use a lot. And I use RV Parky. Um, so there's two apps that I use. There's Campendium, which is probably one of the easiest BLM or paid park apps out there. Mm -hmm. And it's user rated. So when I'm looking for BLM land, you know, I basically put in where I'm going to go or where I'm at. And then I look at the ratings. Yeah. And that, that really helps because someone will say it's really rocky or really hard to get back there, you know, be careful because you really want to scout out first anyways. And if they're already saying it's impossible to get back there with the class A, then, you know, I'm not even going to consider it. They'll post pictures too yep. to show you the terrain. The other one is called RV Parky. And that one, when I get a text from Mel in the back um, asking when we're going to stop, um, I'll hit RV Parky and that one I've got the filter set up to just find overnight parking. So any of the Walmart Cabela's REI rest stops, rest stops and stuff, it'll, it'll show me where the next one is. I just hit it and, um, and we go. So those are the three main apps that we use. And of course, Instagram. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Those are really good resources. I actually have only heard of the all stays one that Mel mentioned. Okay. 
Yeah, they've got the biggest marketing budget, uh, but the Campendium, Campendium one is a, is a pretty popular one. That that one there is hands down my favorite app of all. Uh, and then the RV Parky is great for when I'm trying to find something really fast. And Allstays does the same thing. I'm just more I'm just more familiar with RV Parky. So yeah. Um, and plus the Mel bought it on her phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not on his. It's on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. How do you necessarily decide where you're going to go stay? Obviously, you're looking at this app and you're like finding the location to go, but do you usually have like a specific city or do you kind of just look at this app and say, oh, this looks like a great site? Well, like when we went to South Dakota to go um, just on vacation, basically, we wanted to go to South Dakota to see Crazy Horse, and then we went to Yellowstone, Grand Tetons, Jackson Hole, and then back down to Texas. So um, that trip there, we left without planning anything. We knew where we were going. We just didn't really pick where we wanted to stay. I don't like doing that. We we left when we're gonna when it's when we're getting tired we find a place we find a rest stop or basically one of those you know common places you can spend the night um, and then when we got closer to where we were going then we looked we looked to see what was available we looked for public lands and we go scout it out and when we find a place we like we'll stop you know a lot of times we use our community just say hey we're over here you know where's a great place you know where's the hidden gems and um you know people will let you know within our say community do you mean just do you mean your like your facebook group that you're reaching out to usually yes you're okay yep the facebook group you know between um between the, we got like four or five actually we have five and our or Instagram six different Facebook groups. Um, we have like 15,000 uh, people that are, you know, constantly putting in information and, and recommendations and stuff. So it's a it's a really great community. Um, and man, everybody's always asking for help. Like I just today I saw some lady had a, a clogged drain and they had like 40 different comments on there trying to help her out. Um, towing issues, you know, all sorts of stuff. So it's just a great group of people trying, you know, there to help out. But back to the the, the question, um, when we got to um, Yellowstone, we actually met up with some friends there. They We posted that this is where we're heading. They're like, hey, we're here now. Come to these coordinates and we have a spot for you. Ended up, we ended up meeting really good friends. But yeah, we kind of just play it by ear. When we first started, we used to plan everything out. You know, I wanted to have everything booked ahead of time mm-hmm. and that was just used to drive me crazy that was just crazy yeah <laughs> now if you're going to be an RVer and you're going to stay in rv parks you have to do that you have to plan ahead you have to get your name in the on the list especially in florida you know uh during this time of year uh, but if you are going to just live off the land and be a boondocker and and you know mooch docker like us it's it's a lot more lax okay okay so that makes sense so i'm assuming when you guys are heading down here you already have your spot picked out are you staying at your parents driveway we're we're gonna literally i actually installed a 50 amp hookup at my dad's house so when we we pull in we're actually we'll actually have a 50 amp hookup uh the only thing we won't have is you know um water and sewer and stuff but 
um, we can go, you know, 14 days easy on our tanks without having to fill up or, or do anything. So it works out. Yeah. So it sounds like you do DIY stuff when you've been living in this RV. I know you have tons of YouTube videos, but have you always been kind of a DIY type person? Actually, when you married me, yeah. <laughs> when I started the YouTube channel, it was really just to put like videos together with music in the background because I'm a musician uh, for our family, and that was it. And then I did one do do it yourself video, which was about um, you know the the cheap handling fix for a sway bar, and it just exploded. And I was like, oh, well, I guess people want to know things. And then we started making uh, more DIY videos, and then we uh, and then we started doing inspirational videos just about life and and living on the road. But yeah, I would say that you're a very DIY person. I like to do it myself. You're a handyman. Yeah, sure. I'll take that. I'm a handy cowboy. No, you're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I want to touch on like what was the biggest challenge going from a home to an RV. I mean, you're going from living in a home to like, a, you know, what what size is your guys' RV? 20, 25 feet? 33. 33 feet. Okay. So like, what would you find was the biggest challenge? I mean, is personal space an issue at all? Do you want um, to biggest challenge, I think, was a, adjusting, I think, to the, the amount of space. But I don't, it's, it didn't take us long to adapt. Um, I don't think that it was that bad of an issue. Um, but I mean, my, uh, my biggest pain point or stress was how long it took to get into it. <laughs> you know, after that, you know, I, I think the adjustment, right? Yeah. It was just adjusting to the smaller space, adjusting to not having to be so stringent on booking places i think just learning to chill out learning to relax you know it's okay to not have something to do yeah that's that's a really good uh reminder in life i think um i mean do you have any big advice for families that are looking to live into this style i mean i know you guys have a huge following and tons of videos but what would you say to a family who was in your situation a couple of years ago? If they're considering it, um, do it. <laughs> you know, there's really nothing easier to, no easier advice than if you're thinking about doing it, do it, try it. You know, it's not going to hurt anything if you try, but it could hurt if you don't, because you could be regretting it forever. Yeah, I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. You know, the, um, the, the coolest thing that happened to us was we sold everything and went all in. So we couldn't, we couldn't get back into our home. You know, we are in this RV for a while, you know? Um, so it kind of forced us to just rough it through the, the hard parts and cause we didn't have any options. We, this is our life now. We have to stay in the RV. And I know you guys kind of already touched on some of the, unexpected challenges of, of living in an RV. Like I know you mentioned like the insurance and the mail. Was there any other really big unexpected challenges that, I mean, I'm sure you guys have challenges that are arising every day. I wouldn't necessarily say we, 
we have more challenges, but when we do have a challenge, we are very adaptable now. And it's not something that either one of us would have been before, but we take a lot of um, issues or chaos that happen with much bigger stride now. We're much more level-headed um, when we take them on. And I think that's something that has definitely developed only from you know traveling so much and Being you just close. become very adaptable to you know your situations going on around you and I think it's great and I think that's really cool because I know earlier you were talking about how your girls are so outgoing and they remember people and clearly it's made them adaptable and that's only going to be better when they become adults I mean the fact that you're doing this with them now when they're like how old are they like eight nine uh they're yeah eight and um six. six that's pretty amazing what you guys are doing thank you um yeah I mean I'm fully inspired by by what you guys are doing on your site my husband and I watch your guys's YouTube videos sometimes and we're just we always think about like you know just living in our Subaru like we lived in it for two months and it was it was awesome and we're like could we do this full time and we just <laughs> yeah Right. I mean, you guys are totally used to this, which is great. But that's where the community comes in. No, we do have a lot of people that reach out, you know, that are considering it, that see us and they'll take a picture and be like, hey, we just saw you. Yeah, the community is great. You should if you haven't joined um, Full Time RV Family Life yet, the group, um, you should do that and, um, you know, say hi. Yeah, for sure. Well. And hopefully all the listeners will too. Well, I mean, is there any final things you guys wanted to touch on or share with our listeners or people who are itching to live a more meaningful life? Um, you know, just, just go out and do it. You know, I know that sounds so cliche, you know, just do it, but that's really it. You know, you just got to take the first step and then the next step and then the next step and stop worrying about you know, where you are going to go or where you've been, just live today. You know, today is here. It's available. Enjoy it. I always say that if you're considering it, then you should probably do it so you don't regret it. Just at least try it. I love that. Yeah. Just That's great. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media? So on Instagram, it's just hippie in the tech. It's hippie in the tech on on all on uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, YouTube, and Facebook. Yep. We don't have a LinkedIn because why? Like this was super super awesome to talk to you guys. You guys seem like really fun, chill people. Oh, we got her fooled. <laughs> <laughs> Success. So this episode really, really brought me back to the road trip that Sarah and I did this summer. I found that I was very much in kind of that similar mindset as Tony was when they first started out. I'm a very planned out type person, just like Tony had mentioned how when they started this RV life, they had it all scheduled out but found that that wasn't really the way to go. And now they're just kind of going with the flow, living in the moment, and just going where the road takes them. That is kind of a liberating experience and that you just have to enjoy the moments and not get so caught up in being 
on such a rigid schedule sometimes. Enjoy the moments as they come. And that also brings up the whole point of Mel talking about homeschooling. And I think it's so beautiful how she, when her girls are really interested in something, she'll just dive deep into it with them and take that as an entire lesson. And I love that because that's where kids are going to grow the most. When they are fully engaged in what they're doing, that's when they're going to soak it all in and be totally in love with it. One thing that Mel said that really stood out to me was that they are really adaptable in challenges and take chaos in stride. And that sounded like it was true of their whole family, even their girls. So I find that that is a huge part for their family and probably a lot of families who are living this RV life. And it seems like the communities around you are constantly changing But Mel and Tony have done a really good job of creating a community online for families who are living this lifestyle. Yeah, you can go check out their website at hippieinthetech.com as well as their Facebook page, Hippie in the Tech. And they also have an Instagram and their YouTube channel. Their YouTube channel is really cool. Sarah and I have actually watched many of their videos. So if you're you're interested in how this family lives on the road, go check out their YouTube channel. They also put together some great resources, like Sarah had mentioned, in their online communities. And it's just a place for people to go and just exchange help, seek advice. And if you are seriously considering the van life or RV life, some of these groups you may want to go check out, like their Facebook group, Full-Time RV Family Life. And we'll have all of these links in the description of this episode. So if you've been thinking about it, stop thinking about it and just do it. Thanks for listening. Get out there. We love sharing these stories with you through the Hiking Through Life podcast, and we're so grateful that you listen to this podcast. If you'd like to support the Hiking Through Life podcast further, we have these amazing new t-shirts and water bottles. The t-shirts come in four colors, and the water bottles are perfect for trails, adventuring, or daily use. Consider checking them out at hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. Use the code podcast and receive 10% off your first order. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.